The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. Today, we are going, as Dante might say, big brain. Going big brain on, uh, on this episode. And we were talking about different ways to interpret art. And Dante, since you're the one who suggested doing this topic, why don't you uh, preface and let us know what we're going to be looking forward to in this episode. Look, I feel like in my younger years, I always thought there was a very specific way to interpret art, especially like in the physical realm, mm -hmm. where I was like, no, it only matters how nice it is and how skillful, it, how much skill it took to make the thing. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's how nice it is. Period. You can't just look at a rock and then it's art. Turns out you can. <laughs> <laughs> it really turns out that you can. But interpreting art is based on a lot of things. And the major four or five sometimes main ways is through your own personal experience or how what art means to you personally. Mm. Number two, the context of the historical time. So, for example, if you made George Floyd art now, it would have a massively different impact towards someone now versus in the future because it hits so close to home. Mm -hmm. Let's say you don't know a lot of symbolism, you can definitely translate art through symbolism. Mm -hmm. You can translate art through skill, <laughs> as I said <laughs> before, or how much time it took to make the thing. Or another one is that you can translate art through the way it's supposed to be translated to you. So for example, if the artist had a certain message or a certain feeling they're trying to get across or convey to you, mm -hmm. that's another way to interpret the art. You don't need to interpret it the way they want it to be interpreted, but that is an avenue in which it can be interpretive. Yeah. And those are like the four or five main ways that you would interpret art personally and historically, yeah. right? Towards everyone in the world. And I think one of the reasons that like this topic is interesting to me is because I, I can't remember where I read this, but it was, it was basically talking about how, you know, if, if you were to ask any random person on the street, like, oh, like what's your favorite band or like what's your right. favorite style of music? Most people could give an answer. But if you ask someone like, oh, what kind of art do you like? You get a really oh, different they get, response. They get scared. Yeah, there's yeah. this sense of like, oh, like, oh, I don't really like, I'm not really an art person or I don't like get art. I'm or not I don't, fancy enough. Yeah, yeah. Or there's this, just the sense of like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, and it's weird because it's like, you can have an opinion on art and it doesn't have to be like, like a skilled opinion, if that makes sense. Like well, you can, you can approach art, like kind of like what you're saying, like yeah. one of the ways that you can approach art is through your own kind of personal interaction, like what you bring to that particular art piece, you know, whether it's like performance art, whether it's a painting, whether it's, you know, ceramic art, you know, there's so many different ways that you can do that. But I think it's important that we're talking about this because yes. I mean, admittedly, like yeah. our audience is like, you're, you're, lots of you are already ceramic artists or potters. So it's yeah. like, you're, that barrier is a little bit lower, you're right. but I think in general, I, I want people to feel more comfortable getting a sense of like what kind of art they like and not necessarily even having to say like, oh, is it, is it good art? Is it bad art? Is it art? Is it not art? But more like, do I like it? Do I connect with this yeah. art? Is it, well, in general, and let's kind of, because I have to have a discussion about this soon, yeah, yeah, yeah. soon enough on the YouTube channel anyway. But we get it first. But we get it first. <laughs> <laughs> every, every... Well, hopefully, depending on when this airs. Well, it depends on, it depends yeah. on what I say, because I'll go more in depth on the YouTube channel. But, That's like, if you're, if you're being real about it, everything is art. To the way you walk, mm -hmm. to the way you brush your teeth. You can, make that, you can make that argument. You can definitely make that argument. Where that becomes dangerous is that if you say everything is art, you must encompass literally everything. Mm. And to be grotesque, 
someone's fart can be a personification of art <laughs> if you do it right and it has the right intention behind it. Yes. You know what I mean? Which is which is fine. Which I mean, is, I, th I don't. To me, that's not dangerous. That's right. more about like, okay, do you like wh why? Like why? Like why? Okay, yeah. What's the artist's intention behind? It's like, massively about intent. Yeah. Massively, but it's also like. Some some of them I imagine are in the car that are like, oh farts. <laughs> they nodded yes. at the first part. They're like, yes, everything is art. And then I said fart, and they're like, oh, maybe I should change my definition. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I want people to like you were saying to be comfortable with trying to identify art or or try and. I don't want to say validate, but see art through the lens of someone who hasn't exactly experienced the art world in even a piece, if not its totality. So I think what happens is a lot of people go, oh, I can't really have an opinion about art because I'm not an artist. Yeah. Or I haven't experienced enough art. Mm -hmm. When realistically, and this is, this is a bit of a slippery slope as well, but realistically, you don't necessarily need to go through the experience of someone who who delves into the category of like art yeah. or a certain sport or a certain mm -hmm. thing to have not only an opinion but some type of viewpoint on that thing. For example, I don't need to have a child in order to know I shouldn't hit my kid in Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, if you if you've seen a kung fu movie, you don't need to do martial arts in order to go that was a good kick. You just have an opinion about it, you innately know it based on very minute experiences. Are you the martial artist? No. Yeah. And, it, and admittedly, like, whether it's a good kick, like, to some degree, there's, like, mm, there's some leeway with that. Definitely. Because it's, like, okay, do you, like, because in my opinion, when you say something is good or not good, right. you're placing a value statement based on you're having a certain intellectual capacity to discern that. Yes. And if you've never done martial arts, if we're sticking with this comparison, yes. if you've never done martial arts and you don't necessarily know what constitutes a good kick or a bad kick, you may say something is a good kick, but an expert might say, eh, actually, that wasn't a good kick. Right. And that's kind of where the leeway comes in is like yeah. the person who delves or the person who involves themselves in that category in which you're giving your opinion probably knows a lot more about that subject and they're realistically their opinion probably holds more value like if i'm being honest with you their opinion on the subject that they're an expert in most likely has more weight than your opinion without that experience but i want to get across the point that it doesn't mean that your your opinion or your experience doesn't have any weight at all yeah because the the difference there i feel like with the with your like your opinion versus the opinion of an expert is like an expert can't have an opinion on whether you like a thing or not they might right. be able to yes. say whether a thing is like i don't know good or bad if we're again we're going with the karate or, or the martial arts example a good kick or a bad kick right but whether you say like like you can totally say oh yeah i liked that kick i thought that looked cool this is right. this like i like this yeah, battle like sequence this is awesome like an expert no 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 expert is going to be able to say like no that can't be true you, you yeah, don't like that you I'm can't like, like but that I, but i do but i do like it yeah so you're not allowed to like that yeah you know what i mean and it going into that conversation there's different there's different viewpoints from history in which you can view art that definitely hold different weight based on not only the context, the intent, but the time in which it was brought up. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. So of, of those like four or five things, like what, because you kind of had mentioned earlier that you want to like delve into like each, each one. Right. Okay. So, so let's, let's deep dive well, let's, into this. <laughs> let's lightly go over, let's lightly go over the skill one, right? Because okay. I feel okay. like this is the one where we both have enough in our heads to kind of talk about. 
there definitely is a group of people out there. I used to be one of them. I deeply apologize. <laughs> oh um, my God. <laughs> when I say used to be, I mean like someone who wasn't, I was doing first year. It's that white belt who's like, I know what a black belt kick should look like. And you're like, <laughs> shut up, nerd. <laughs> but, you don't know. But I will say that there's definitely a group of people out there. And this was really prevalent in like, Greece and Rome mm. where they thought the more effort you put into a pot clearly the more expert and the more valuable it is mm. there was definitely a little a little piece of history in Rome and and, and ugh, I just forgot it I just mentioned it Greece? anyway thank you <laughs> there was definitely a little bit of history in Rome where they were like oh the more effort you put into the pot the more valuable it is so they would slap terracage a lot on stuff and uh, paint little people on there like oh it's so fancy and all the normal stuff all the stuff that was just pots made for like water and grain storage mm -hmm. were like broken, cracked. Yeah. Nobody put effort into them. The artist wasn't, you know what I mean? Potters were a diamond dozen. But that generally in the craft world, for some, is seen as, well, the amount of skill it took from the viewpoint of another artist is how valuable it is as a piece of art or craft. You noticed this specific curve at this specific place on the mug that makes it easier to drink from rather than messing up your lip easier for the water to go down this little curve right mm. here. You know, when you make a teapot, you put a tiny little channel right inside of the tea spout so that it pours out just uh, right. Uh, okay. Versus okay. like having that clunky pour out, oh, which is yeah. like the poor quality teapots. People in the craft world generally are people that delve into the area of just pure like craft skill functionality of the pot are gonna be like, yeah, that pot with the channel inside of the tea spout is more valuable than the exact same pot without it. Mm -hmm. because it took more skill and knowledge to make the water or the tea pour smoother out of that specific teapot. Right, And that's, right. that's one avenue in which somebody could judge art. This one's kind of iffy for me because I feel bad. Yeah, I mean, I think what's, what's tricky about that is that... There's nothing personal about that one at all. Like, your personal experience don't matter. I know. Okay, yeah, I mean, I guess, well, okay, so the thing, the thing that I think of is that, like, how does that... Okay, yeah. an example I can think of is, like, handles, right? Yes. Like, there, I, I've seen artists make handles that are maybe not not as functional, yes. but they are still very skillfully executed because they have like surface decoration, or maybe the handle is sculptural in a way that makes it less comfortable, right? But it makes it more stylistic and like more sculptural or something like 100%. that. Hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like even within the the overarching branch of like skill, there's like the skill of functionality and then there's the skill of like decoration, which oh, don't necessarily have to be the two of the same thing. Absolutely. They don't have they don't have to be the same thing. No, she she's right, absolutely. But like there's definitely a school of person that would weigh those two, that would go it's beautiful, but it's not as functional as it is beautiful, or vice versa. Yeah. It's really functional, but it's not as, the most ordinary cup is perfectly weighted, perfectly <laughs> made, right? You just got a square with a handle on it, pretty no. much. Oh, a square? A square with a handle on it. Have you ever tried to like drink out of a flat, like? I hate them so oh, much. Oh, they're, they're, they're difficult. I used to, I used to try, you know, I'd throw a bowl or a yeah. cup, and then you make like the, the little four square. sides, and yeah, you yeah, trim yeah. the bottom, and it's still round, and ooh, I hate it so much. <laughs> You see square square items in the world, and you're like, oh, that must have that that must have been difficult to make. Yes, technically, <laughs> I guess it takes more effort than making something Round? circular on a circular tool. Because you're still yeah, but, but yeah, you're but on it, a is, wheel. it is very difficult to drink out of a square. You're drinking out of a line. Yeah, not even a like your mouth is not a straight line, my guy. Like <laughs> it's just not. To, moving on to the next one, there's definitely a way to value or. I forgot the word. Interpret? Thank you. 
I'm little brain right now. You're good. We're, we're, you know, we're putting so much big brain energy into the topic that, you know, there's only so much. True. Anyway, there's definitely a way to interpret art through your personal experience as well. Mm -hmm. A good example is that I had someone at one of my old studios at Alpha who had breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And she would sometimes get really impacted by seeing asymmetrical art. Because, in, oh, right, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because technically speaking, she had one off. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So she would, she would make art where she would make asymmetrical stuff. And it was just like really valuable to her as a personal experience. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh. that, that art spoke to her far more than it would have spoken to anyone who either hasn't been impacted or gone through that experience themselves. Right. <laughs> My brain's like, what if I had one? <laughs> My brain went from there to like, what if you had one nut? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That also is a way in which art can be personally valuable and interpreted to you as an experience. Mm -hmm. But in that way, it might not be as personal to you as it is to that person. Right. That is one side of a coin. The other side of which is what the artist intended, which I know is kind of, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here too much. That's the next one. Okay, it's, okay, it's cool. Good. So we're That's just gonna like, ooh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna slip into that. that in there. Yeah, oh boy. Like in my mind, like again, like the other side of that coin is like what the artist intended. So right. in the breast cancer example, you know, that person, the artist who made that piece may not have been intentionally like speaking to that topic. Right. But the person who, who observed it brought that baggage with them. And I remember that being like when I was at UC Santa Cruz yeah. and taking like modern art 101 type yeah. of thing. That's one of the biggest things that they talked about is the either the gulf or the bridge between what the artist intended and what the viewer brings to that experience of viewing the art. Right. I call it the vibe. I, the vibe. I mean, it's not, it's very millennial. <laughs> I call it the vibe. Like what the artist and what the vibe was intended to be given for that specific piece of artwork, right? So if I make a specific artwork that's supposed to be political, right? And someone interprets it as non-political or maybe right. even anti-political, the vibe might not have matched what I was trying to give to them. My intent, mm -hmm. my message, probably didn't hit where I wanted it to hit, but I think the important thing to take away is that it hit. I think that's the important thing, right? I, to some degree, like I think... Um, the message might not be the same, but you got a message, and I think that's important. Yes, it is important, but I think if, as the, like from the artist's perspective, yeah. I think if you are really wanting to be more clear with your message, mm. then that is something to consider. Like, I, I don't, this is, this isn't exactly the, the yeah. best comparison, but yeah. like, I remember when I first started making my dragon egg mugs, mm -hmm. so many people were like, oh, it's a pineapple. <laughs> and I'm like, whoo, but, but admittedly, like enough people said that now admittedly, like. To where you were like, I should probably clarify. I should probably, yeah. yeah. So I actually, I tweaked the design. I did change some things up to make it more clear that the piece was intended to be a, a dragon egg. And once I started making those changes, everybody was like, oh, it's like a dragon egg. Got it, yeah. So as the artist, if a lot of people are kind of, I don't know, missing the mark, I guess. Missing the mark, And yeah. it's really important to you that you get that message across. Right. Then it's worth considering like, okay, how can I make my intentions more clear in the future? Or do I change the artwork to make that message more clear? Right. Or do I have my artist statement go along with that piece? Like, you know, so many pieces in museums will have, the, you know, you'll see the work itself which may or may not be really clear in its intention, but then there'll be like a side plaque that gives some some background to mm. the piece, which clarifies the artist's intent. Can I just say, can I just say, Yeah. in a little, in a little side rant Tell here. me. Not a big one, I promise. Okay. I hate artist statements so much. I love them. I hate them so much. Oh my God, wait, have we had no, an we episode had on that. artist statements? We've had on writing oh. them, we haven't had one on, I hate, artist, I hate artist statements for the same reason that you say that the message might need to be a little bit more clear with the art itself. 
I don't like artist statements because number one, I feel like it's up to the interpretation of the viewer to decide how it's valuable to them. And number two, if my art didn't get across the message by looking at it, then I wasn't that great at the message. Oh, I so disagree on that. I so disagree on that. I hate like, I hate doing essays for my artwork. Oh my god. I won't okay. do it. <laughs> Sorry, we should get back on track. No, I mean, mm. oh. Yeah, oh, I know. I it's, really want to talk about it because like, okay. Okay, because I think it actually, I don't want to write an essay for it. Oh no. I hear you, I hear you. But okay, so the reason I think we should stick on this topic. Okay. Also because I have a personal investment in this. <sighs> in this topic. I have an anti-investment. Like, so the reason that I think that artist statements could be important, like again, because it, it's the artist statement can be that bridge yeah. between what the what the viewer brings to the experience and what the artist intended. 100%. The, the viewer can still have their own interpretation of the piece. A thousand percent. But having the artist statement there can add some more context. Like kind of, and I don't, again, I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but like if we're going into like the symbolic meanings behind art, we were talking earlier about like interpreting Renaissance art, where yeah. I took an Italian Renaissance art history class in college and he was able to point out like, oh yeah, these are all of the symbols in yes. this painting. And a Renaissance person or a person at the time would have immediately been able to read those symbols. Absolutely. But as modern viewers, we need some interpretation because we are not in that context. So to bring this back to artist statements, there have been pieces of art where I've like looked at it and gone, eh, eh yeah. yeah, like I eh. really like, not my jam, not really my thing. But when I learn more about the piece and read the artist statement, I'm like, oh wow, like that, I my, yeah. my perspective completely changes. It has significance. <clears throat> and, yes. And I don't, I don't know where to stand on that specifically because I don't know if I should go, yeah, artist statements help you look through the lens of a different time in order to interpret the art in the way that the artist might have wanted you to see it. But yeah, not just time, but also like, because I mean, because this can be with contemporary artists as well. Yes. So it's not just very, Absolutely. Time, anyway, yes. on, sorry, I interrupted. Or if I should, or if I should do like that Twitter and be like, educate yourself. <laughs> I shouldn't I mean, have to do it. You know, those people who are like, I shouldn't have to educate you. <laughs> just turn the tables on them. Your turn now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, sure. Like that's a part but of there it, but, be it, both. but there it's also be both. like, do you do you want to connect? Like, do you want to make, help people get there to your message, or yeah. do you want to leave them out to their own interpretations? And I think either right. either option is fine. But especially from a selling point of view, I would love for my sculptures to sell. They're expensive, so they don't sell as often as my mugs. Yeah. But I feel like my artist statements give more context and they tell tell more of a story behind those sculptural pieces yeah. so that those people aren't sitting out there going I have no idea what this piece is about yeah. and you can able you can make that connection and that's what I feel like artist statements can do that being said writing is definitely its own I mean it's its own skill it's, it's its own a art whole form. other thing absolutely but I think like that is that is my soapbox of I know, why no. artist statements are important. It's okay. I completely... I'm... Lindsay's about to die on a hill. I don't have a hill to die on. <laughs> but you're like, I don't like it. I don't like them, though. No, you're... I don't like artist statements in the same way that I don't like onions. I hate onions. But if you grill them and put them on a hamburger, I'll probably eat it. Mm. It's just that Lindsay does a good job at grilling stuff. <laughs> like, sometimes I'm like, I hate it. And Lindsay's like, well, what about if I do this to it? And I'm like, okay, I could probably... <laughs> Probably take a little yes. nibble. <laughs> it's fine. I love that. I love that. That Look, makes me happy. I feel like I'm like standing in front of a proverbial like grilling machine with like an apron, be like, yes. <laughs> have dad energies right now, I'm grilling these topics. Anyway, okay, anyway, anyway, okay. So, so we're talking about artist well, statements. We were talking. We've talked about. Like, we we're talking about interpreting art and through the categories of the way the artist wants to interpret it to you versus the way that you might interpret it. Right. Regardless right. of the artist. Yeah. And you were saying the bridge versus the the gulf. Right. The gulf. Yeah. Um, I think that I want to tie that up with a nice little, I think they're both 
valuable. Yeah. I think that the way you interpret art, regardless of your artistic educational background, is completely different, or might be different, from the way that the artist might have wanted you to interpret it, or might have wanted to give a certain energy to you through their art form. Mm-hmm. They're they're both fine, though. Yes. I don't want anyone listening to this to go, well, clearly we have to look at it through the eyes of the artist who made it, versus... Clearly, my experience matters way more than the way the artist made it. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, I agree. They're yeah. both they're both different and valid experiences. Absolutely. Okay, so I think one of the topics we haven't quite covered yet is the historical perspective. And you kind of brought up like if someone were to make well, I mean, people already are making George Floyd art or art that is like yeah. contemporary to a particular topic, particularly something that's political, because some people will make the argument that all art is inherently political, and you can make that argument. I mean, yeah. Not. But do you want to talk a little? bit more about that because that kind of ties in with symbolism but it, do, it does tie in with symbolism but going back to the whole like all art is political mm. I would like to say there's definitely a, a specific way of looking at art in which you could say that all art touches every facet of society political art touches all facets of society just because fa- like facets of society are touched everywhere by politics there's definitely a certain a certain way of looking at art where you can look at any art and say like that affects society and society is inherently affected by this system therefore you cut out the middleman you could very easily say well art affects this system therefore the artistic piece it's commenting on you know what i yeah, mean yeah 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 because well, because you could again you could argue like we all live within a political within right. political societies right therefore our art is being produced within a political system so then all art is political right and you, you can, can say the same thing about race Racism. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right, and like, you, you could say the same thing about, like, agriculture. You know what I mean? Like, it touches every piece of, you know? Yeah, I think I think I get what you mean. Farmers affect us all. Yeah, so we were talking about uh, the way that art can be seen through a historical point of view, based on cultural experiences especially. Right, like the right. Renaissance painting. Like the Renaissance. A lot of Renaissance art has a lot of different types of symbolism versus what we consider symbolic today, right? Yes, yes. I mean, so does our, like, our current visual culture has that too yeah it's just it's it. just it's just different someone from the renaissance time looking at a picture can probably get maybe five or six symbolic different messages versus what we get because we're so far from that time period so let me just let me just tie this up right now okay okay because i i made my own notes and everything okay I Ooh. Oh, wait you made notes i made you notes. made prep notes coming into the episode i did dante well it's i had to make an essay on this and there was a very specific oh. example not this but before oh so there's a very specific painting that had a lot of symbolism to it right. that opened my eyes when I was a kid that I had no idea about. And okay. it taught me to value art, especially from Renaissance, 1400s, whatnot, right. just in a completely different way, mm-hmm. right? So there's a painting called the Arnolfini Portrait, and it, and it depicts basically a young woman who looks as though she's pregnant, she's not, looks as though she's pregnant, giving her left hand to a person with like the straw hat, you know, and they're mm-hmm. in a room, they're in the bedchamber, Right, and the background has like red sheets and there's a right. dog at their feet. Every single one of those things that I just named has a very specific symbolic, not only definition, but meaning, right? Yeah. The dog being at their feet is supposed to symbolize a faithful marriage. She's actually not pregnant in the painting, but she has a lot of layers of clothing on, which is supposed to symbolize that she wants to be preg- impregnated. The fact that he took her left hand instead of her right hand in marriage, which is usually what happens, is symbolic of the fact that it's an unequal marriage. An unequal marriage back then was basically like, hey, I'm marrying a commoner. So Mm. because of that, 
Like, if I got... not I'm not royalty. But like, <laughs> if, if you were royalty. If I was royalty and I was marrying a commoner and I took her unequal marriage, left hand, right? Symbolically, left hand in marriage. Yeah. That means that she gives up all rights to her estate, all entitlements to her land, her mm -hmm. value. Well, I'm pretty sure, like, back in the day, that was the... That, that was, was the thing. I mean, up until actually not that long ago, you basically couldn't have right. property as a woman once you got married. No, well... I, I don't know the rules, but I think it's like if you inherit something, I think it's more from the father. Oh. So like he's like, I don't inherit. Usually marriage was supposed to be a thing of like, we're not marrying for love. We're clearly trading land. Yes. Right? And usually, Via this woman. Who via is... this woman. But in this context, it would be the father's like, hey, you're marrying my daughter. And he's like, right, but you have given up all your land. We're not trading land here. I'm getting your land. Mm -hmm. All your shiz. Mm -hmm. Because you're poor. And I'm a prince. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and I, okay, think, I yeah. think that's what the unequal marriage is about. Is It's really just transference. More more money to men. Um, <laughs> right? And everything from the color of her robes to the bed being... The bed chamber being... To the fact they're in the bed chamber and the bed chamber being red. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be symbolic of the fact they're trying to get pregnant. Right. But you wouldn't know any of that if you saw this Van Eyck painting. Right? And yeah. you, you just looked at it and you're without like, any context. Without any context. Mm -hmm. But back then, that was essentially a meme to them where yeah. they saw it and they understood the context of every single little piece of symbolism in that <gasps> picture, <gasps> specifically because they're from that time. I love that. I love that so much. It's just me. It's guys, it's just memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, sound, I sound weird saying this, but if I was a teacher, in a classroom right now, I'd be pointing at a meme and everybody would be like, oh, we all know that. And uh -huh. then I would show this Van Eyck painting and uh -huh. be like, that's how they interpreted this and that time. Yes. I think the painting was made in 1443. So if you want to look it up, if you type in the Arnolfini marriage portrait or the Arnolfini portrait, it'll it'll literally be that that okay. portrait, right? If, if I get it together, I'll put a link in the show notes. Right, please. Yes, yes. thank you. Yes. And I want you to look at it. And if you didn't know any of the things I just told you, you'd look at it and be like, yeah, this looks like... Looks like someone's performing an exorcism on a pregnant woman. <laughs> I don't know. I love that so much because art is just visual language, right? Well, again, like this kind of comes back to viewing art through your own lens versus, you know, what the artist intended. But I mean, that's right. a wonderful example of where those two things can can marry. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know why all of Van Eyck's pictures look like Vladimir Putin. I don't know why. <laughs> Every single one of them. Anytime, you know, if you see a picture, a Renaissance painting, anything around the 1400s with Vladimir Putin people in it, it's Van Eyck. That is fantastic. That's what it looks like. I'm pretty sure I've seen the that post on a imager. Yeah. Or imager. I don't. I think I'm mispronouncing it. I've I've learned that I am far less cultured than I ever imagined I was. Internet people but, won't correct you most of the time because okay. we know misspellings happen. It's, it's yeah. mostly contextual. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm pretty sure I've seen that thing where it's like, here's how you like identify yeah. different different painters, and one of them is like, is it includes Vladimir Putin? It, yeah. It is probably Van Dyke. A hundred percent. And I'm yeah. sorry if you if you are an Eastern European or, or Russian speaker, I just butchered your accent. My apologies. It's okay. <laughs> My God is Russian, and I, I'm not offended. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that's definitely. I know we. Just oh went. my god, because it's Saint Fourteen. <laughs> oh my god, I get it. You get it. I get it. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so happy. I just understood that right now. It's a destiny thing. It's, it's a, a destiny, destiny reference. Thing. Yeah. Oh my god. Titan Jesus is Russian, essentially. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> She's so happy she got so it. So happy right oh now. Oh my god. Okay, you good? <laughs> People are typing in, wait, Dante worships 
What? <laughs> Type in state 14 into your... Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So are there any of the interpretation points that we have not covered? Well, let me check real quick. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. He's consulting his notes, I'm you guys. I'm consulting my notes. His notes. Yeah. Okay. There's one more, I'd say. Okay. So I, I think the final way that you could definitely interpret art is the way it makes you feel. And I think we've already oh, yeah. kind of gone through that based on personal experience. But... You know, there's ways that you can interpret it from a functional point of view, skill, yeah. essentially, mm -hmm. craft. Mm -hmm. There's ways you can uh, value it through maybe a beauty point of view. Usually the craft yeah. and the beauty kind of go together. Because mm -hmm. realistically, physical art, if you're being really obtuse with it, is the way you decorate the air. Is the way you decorate <laughs> space. I like that. That's like really, that. music yeah. is the way you decorate air. And then art, art, like physical art is the way you decorate space. That's really what it is. Okay. Right, and you can definitely get different vibes from those decorations, right? There's the historical point of view, which mm -hmm. we just kind of went over with essentially memes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? There's the artist point of view, what the mm -hmm. artist meant to get across to you. Mm -hmm. There's the personal point of view, which yeah. is based on your own experiences. Right, It can right. be interpreted different ways. Mm -hmm. And all of those can either be meshed together or separate, right? Yeah, they're all different lenses through which to view art. But the one that I find most interesting... Uh, well, other than memes, I guess. The, the one that I find the most interesting is the one that speaks to history directly. Mm. The amount of art pieces, like, for example, if we made a George Floyd sculpture right now, right. that would have way more impact right now in our yeah. society than it would maybe in the future. Or, mm. for example, Andy Warhol's art. If you went to an Andy Warhol museum or an Andy Warhol showing for his, mm. art, for his artwork and you saw it, a bunch of little Fortnite kids would be like, this is just Instagram filters. <laughs> because you're right. Through the lens of our time, our history right now, if you saw, but if you saw all of Andy Warhol's work, you'd be like, these just look like Instagram filters. But for the time and place, taking the outline of a picture, making a different color and skewing it by like a quarter of an inch and overlaying it on itself mm -hmm. was mind blowing. <laughs> they, they were like, yeah. what? <laughs> uh, and now we get that out. In the morning on our Instagram stories <laughs> with the press of a button within five seconds. Yeah. Something and the, di the difference there is also, again, like not only this new technique that he was using, yes. but also like the intention with which he did that. Like mm. he, he had his own ideas behind why he was doing thing the way, things the way that they are versus like what we make on Instagram his, like that. His finger was so on the pulse of current society. Like mm. anytime there was a dispute with the Campbell's company, the next day he'd have a piece of artwork with like that skewed little outline of neon colors mm. of the Campbell's company soup, <laughs> Coca-Cola, you know? Well, I thought, I thought, and again, maybe this is getting into the weeds too much, but I thought part of what he did, why he did the thing with Campbell, with like Campbell's soup is because it's like, that was like a nostalgic, like that was a home thing yeah. for him. And he actually had like Campbell's soup like yep. at home and that was like a thing for him. And yep. that it was, he was calling attention, part of what he was doing was calling attention to the whole like art versus craft versus design thing. Yeah. Because again, we look at paintings on a wall or sculptures on a pedestal and that's viewed at a higher value than the design work that went onto that yes. can. Yes. And of course that's like, that's, that's a lot of like, levels. That's, that's a lot of levels. That's a lot that's, of levels. And that's also something that's again, very current today. Like I remember like when I first started learning about Andy Warhol, I was like, 
I don't get it. It's a bunch of soup cans. Yeah. Like what? And then yeah. when I realized what, where, when I learned, when I you know took classes and learned what he was commenting on, I was like, oh shit. Oh yeah. Like well, that's good. That's for that time, that was insane. Well, even for now, even for now, because I mean the whole the whole like I mean that's a, been a big driver of me trying to figure out what my place is in the art world because what drove me into art was the combination of my love of ceramics with my love of character design and concept art and all and like so it was an industry based inspiration versus. Yeah. Is a capital A inspiration, and so I'm trying to find my place kind of in the middle of those 100%. things, right? So anyway, so and we're all's message of like commenting on what is art versus design versus craft, and you you're know, right. A it's, lot it's of it, contemporary. Like that's still something that we. It is still a part of what we navigate as a society today. Yeah, we just have different symbols for it. Yes, so he would yes. use a soup can or use a Coca-Cola can for either nostalgia or currency sake, but we would use a whole different. Like, mm -hmm. we would use NFT portraits right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we would use that for... But you would have to... Our society moves so quickly that you have to do it now. Mm -hmm. But Andy Warhol was on the beat, like, on the pulse of society to the point where he'd have it, like, the next day. Mm. And then when they interviewed him... Oh, I love... He's such a god. When they interviewed him, he would just not say nothing about it. <laughs> They'd be like, what's up with the soup cans? And he'd be like, it's art. <laughs> and leave it hanging. If you ever want to see the way... Andy Warhol moved in uh, the interviewer space in like commenting on his uh -huh. work. Just look up Andy Warhol interview uh -huh. and you'll see how tight-lipped he was. Barely commented on anything. He had a friend. He had a, this lady friend, right? Uh -huh. That basically spoke for him mm -hmm. to the point where they just interviewed her. Interesting. They didn't even talk to him anymore because they stopped trying. Huh? They just talked to her and she was like, oh yeah. And this is an example. It's not true. This little part right here. She was like, oh yeah, Andy Warhol don't really like bananas. <laughs> She was like, I've never seen him eat a banana. And then the next day, he's like, Andy Warhol hates bananas. <laughs> you know, but really, he didn't say that. She was right. just like, I've just never seen him eat a banana. They would over-politicize it. They would mm, over, you know. Interesting. He was so tight-lipped. Oh, do me a favor. Please do me a favor. Tell me. If you're listening to this right now, Andy Warhol did a very specific piece of art on video, because I have video back then, mm -hmm. which is crazy. <laughs> back then? <laughs> back in the, that long ago? <laughs> back in the 1800s. No, I'm kidding. It's not, not that long ago. But where he ate a hamburger on screen mm -hmm. and they morphed the sound and they put it in a sound room so that you could only hear the sound of him eating the hamburger. No, no, Along no. with the rapper. Uh-uh, uh uh not gonna watch that. It was a Burger King hamburger and he did it. I, I think they paid him for it, I'm not sure. But he likes hamburgers. Okay. Evidently likes hamburgers. Okay. But if, go on YouTube right now if you're listening to this and turn your volume all the way up, make sure it's really quiet in the room. <sighs> and just watch it. Just sit there and look Look at him dead in the eyes. No. And I want you to I want you to tell me how that made you feel. Yeah, it, tell us. It's not mouth sounds, I promise you. It's not mouth sounds. See how that made you feel and realize that that is one avenue in which you can mm. interpret art. And he meant to do that on purpose. Not only that, realize that other people have a different feeling when they watch that video. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. as a beginning understanding, do those two things for me, please. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's one there's one other lens through which people view art that I feel like we haven't, we haven't touched yet. Yeah. But I was just thinking about it and I'm like, I feel like, I feel like my little brain is out of like, but it's actually like not that, it's not that big of a deal. It's but like part of, part of the way that we view art is through like social hierarchy. Like as yeah. in, as in like, again, when, you, that, when yeah. you go into a gallery yeah. and you see those paintings on a wall, that is different than if you were to see that painting, that same painting, you know, leaned up against a brick wall being sold by a street artist. No. Right? Like that's yeah. different. And so, 
Like in yeah. now, now it's like I hate that. Yeah. I know, but 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 it's true. It's like the context in which we view art, and you know, again, like the, that's the whole thing with like art critics and stuff. Is like, oh, if an art, and this is when you get into a little bit more like upper echelons of I guess like the art art yeah. world but when you think about like oh like this super famous art critic you know said that this piece of art is like amazing or that the art, this artist is amazing but uh, like on a smaller level an equivalent could be like oh how many followers does this Instagram person have now anyway yeah now. especially now you and, know, yeah I think it's important to be aware of that factor I mean, we're, we all are impacted by that, we're right? We're all of us, yeah. Be aware that just because hella people say it's good doesn't immediately make it good. Yeah. Curb your enthusiasm or, or, a Or bit. mean that you have to like it. And yeah. again, that's the other thing too, is that like you can, you don't have to like the paintings on yeah. the fancy gallery and the wall on the wall. There is definitely a group of people out there who only value things based on how many other people value things. Oh, sure. And I hate them. And <laughs> I, Dude, that's I so, don't like them. That's so much of like everything though is like... It's yeah, just to just to get across the generational divide, it's our generation now, right now is like, oh, this person has a lot of followers, so even if they do the same thing that someone with way less followers did, there still ends up being more popular because there's more eyes on it, more people are talking about it. Right. It's just more popular because a popular person did it. Versus the same type of art, the same exact picture probably, doesn't get as much traction. Mm -hmm. This behavior is not new to our generation. Mm -hmm. It's just more apparent with social media. That type of thing, it happened in the previous generation. Oh, yeah. With, especially with art critics, where I think we all know we go to art museum, we see that, like one big slab of one color on the wall with a name next to it. This is a bad example because it's not what's actually happening. But <laughs> but you see it and you're like, why is this popular? Mm -hmm. And then your brain goes, oh, it's probably the name of the artist. Or it's probably it's probably the person who valued the art or the art critic who said this is valuable because it's the artist and the skill level or the, this and that and that. Mm -hmm. But realistically speaking, someone who is high enough in the art world valued a certain piece of art regardless of any way you interpret it to be more valuable than the other art in the right. same realm as it. Right. And because of that, it's 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 weird. It's weird. I don't the generational divide of like social media people only value what other social media people have as far as followers go has been happening. We just don't do it on our phones immediately now. Before it used to be people who critique the art. Yeah. I, I just want people to curb their enthusiasm with like, oh yeah, that's a new generational thing. No, you guys did it yeah. too. Yeah. Y'all looking at your phones all the time. Let's not pretend there wasn't a line of dudes going to work with their face in newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you have newspaper on the toilet, we have phone on the toilet. Mm -hmm. Don't act too brand new. Curb yeah. your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like we've kind of that was good. We've done a solid. We have. We've done a solid. We've done a solid. It's another way to say I took <laughs> a poo. I've done a solid. I, I have done a solid. <laughs> yeah. Why do we say we're taking a poo when we really leave a poo behind? Yep. <laughs> I didn't take anything. <laughs> I gave. Oh yeah. Because I'm a giver. Oh my god. <laughs> and scene. <laughs>
Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.